Welcome to the launch episode of the Ray Johnston Leadership Podcast. It's a brand new addition to the Thrive Podcast family, focused on helping pastors and leaders discover or rediscover momentum, passion, and vision. In this introductory episode, Brad Lominick from the Thrive Leadership Podcast talks with Ray about what we can look forward to on this show. So here's Brad and Pastor Ray Johnston. Well, this is episode zero of the soon-to-be... <laughs> episode zero. Episode Welcome, zero. people. That's right. Ray Johnston is with us here. I'm Brad Lominick. If you've listened to the Thrive Leadership Podcast over the last year, you might have heard my voice somewhere. But my job with this conversation is to introduce a new podcast, a new way for you to get to hang out with Ray Johnston, who is the senior pastor of Bayside Church. He is a leadership junkie. Absolutely. He's been around this place for a long time. The Grand Pooba. That's what we like to call you. <laughs> the Grand Pooba. And what is so exciting about what we're launching here is the fact that you're going to start to take a lot of leadership stuff that you've learned, that you know, that you have bottled up and start releasing it uh, for pastors, leaders to be able to access. So welcome to the journey. Hey, we're glad you're with us. Absolutely. So. The, so, Ray, why why do this now? You've got a lot of stuff on the plate. You've got all yep. kinds of opportunities to use your time in different ways. You're obviously leading a church. You've, you're, you're writing books. You're speaking. So why uh, take the time and energy to put into doing a podcast? It, it, probably two or three reasons. One would be when we launched our Thrive Conference in Northern California, it sells out every year. Matter of fact, three or four years ago, it sold out 11 months in advance. We are going... People are starving mm. for leadership stuff. A second is, I just had 18 leaders fly in to spend two days with me uh, two weeks ago. And then I flew to London to spend time with a bunch of leaders that said we can't afford to get there. And it was just questions and answers. And somebody said, why don't you just tape this stuff and make it available on a steady diet? And I went, that would probably be a really good idea. Dial one hundred brad Lominick. Let's make this happen. <laughs> and, but the third reason is really this. One of my theories is nobody lives well, nobody leads well, and nobody loves well until they first think well. Hmm. And my experience has been if you can help somebody think some great thoughts— then they tend to have a great future. And people are limited by lack of thinking great thoughts. And so if we can help people think better, kind of help, I want to help people be great who want to be great. Yeah. Well, and, and the great thing about podcast is, as anybody listening knows, you can access it anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's got a great mm-hmm. price tag on it. Absolutely. It's free. Free. Yeah. free. You get what you pay for sometimes. Right. And, and today, more than ever, we, you know, I, I think... I would love to know your thoughts on this, but the the way we learn, if you're if you're a leader, you got to be a learner. Absolutely. And all leaders I know that are that are making an impact are constantly curious. They're constantly taking stuff in. They're they're finding yep. all kinds of outlets yep. to be able to absorb yep. from other people. Yep. I want to know your learning process as we set this podcast up, episode zero. I mean, how would you describe the way that you? learn. You've been a learner your whole life. I've, I've watched you in rooms. You're, you're really curious. So do you have, you, do you have a strategy? Yeah, I ask that? questions. Ask a million questions. Mm-hmm. It, it was fascinating. I was just with a leader and he was, ta- he was describing another leader who's kind of stuck. This guy's probably not going to go to any higher levels unless he changes some things. 
And we were talking about why that happens to people. And he said, he said, really smart leaders ask questions. And he said, all that guy does is talk. He never asks a question. He said, I've known him for years. I've never heard him ask one question. Wow. And now contrast that was, I just had dinner with Nicky Gumbel in London. I mean, what, 30 million people have listened to his, his alpha course. Right. And yeah. we sit down at a table, and I getting ready. I, I I ask him two questions, and then he fires thirty questions at me. <laughs> and matter of fact, another one, Brad. We had the guy was doing a. You P- guys were like in the old time Western was, shootout. Oh man! And he had he had more guns than I had. I, he just and I, I finally looked at his wife and I said, "You have raised this guy well." I mean, there's a lot of Christian leaders that all they do is talk about their ministry, their this and that, which means you don't learn anything. Hmm. And I and it was I was just at a roundtable a while back with. 12 pastors from the West Coast and a guy from USC was doing a a study on large churches and he wanted to have a two-hour lunch and tape it with pastors of fairly large West Coast churches. And so I got there early and about 10 of the 12 got there early. And so I just started asking questions and the guy directly across me is asking questions and he's going, hey, what are you guys reading? What's working? What's this? What's that? And then the guy arrived and then everybody else is kind of teaching us everything they were doing. But two of us were asking questions. This guy arrives and he says, okay, first of all, he goes, let's go around and just, I want your name and your statistics. He goes, what, what, you know, how many people are coming to your church? And, and when he was done, I realized the guys with the two largest churches were Mm -hmm. me and the other guy asking all the questions. So for example, I just spent some time with a leader and all I did was ask her questions. She's a brilliant leader, Joe Saxton. And matter of fact, she's going to be on a future podcast. Don't miss this one. And I am asking her questions and I'm taking notes on her answers while I'm trying to be an interviewer. (laughs) She made a great statement. People, if you're listening, this is gold. She said, some people are inviting, but they're not welcoming. Hmm. I'd never thought about that in a million years. I literally went, Every business wants to invite customers to come in it, but if you're inviting but not welcoming, nobody wants to stay, nobody will be loyal. And that started me thinking of my church. Okay, we have a very high inviting culture at Bayside and all of our campuses. How welcoming are we? Do people feel warmly welcomed when they get there? Or do they know we're glad they're there? Or do we just, you know? So I literally went, I learned something today. And if you learn one thing that you'll actually act on, then it was worth, I mean, you can go to a conference, spend 10,000 bucks. And if you learn one thing you'll do, it was worth the conference. That's good. Well, I just got to sit in with you uh, a few minutes ago. You interviewed Brian Houston. Yep. Before his uh, his session tonight, speaking at Thrive Conference. And, you know, the, these are the kind of interviews that are going to be part of this podcast yes. is Brian Houston and Joe Saxton and many others, as well as you're going to be bringing, again, some of the leadership stuff that you've learned over yep. the years. And one of the things I appreciate about you as well, Ray, is that like you you seem to be as hungry now Absolutely. as you've ever been. Yep. And I think that's one of those one of those qualities of a leader that yep. that you 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 really like when you see it, it's it's both like exciting and energetic, but yep. it also it also for me as a leader who's a few years behind you, like I look at that and go, I better step up my game. Because here you are in Brian Houston sitting with the two of you guys. I mean, Brian's 64. Yep. He, he, like he's hitting his peak. Yep. Feels like he's better than he's ever been. Yep. Um, so watching both of you, I'm, I, I was just sitting here earlier thinking, man, I better, 
I better like go do my homework. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening to this, you're going, Brad's sitting in this setting on. I feel like a kid. These guys are so old that I'm sitting with. Well, it's, they, it's not just, it, yeah, it's not just age, but it's also that, that there's a spirit of, of excitement yeah. and energy and, and you walk in the room and, and I get this, I get the sense from you that, that you have the same energy that you did or even more when you first started. Oh, may, yeah, it's funny. maybe even more. I mean, I think as you get older, the stuff that you thought was important, some of that stuff floats off to the side. You're going, that was stupid, hmm. which means you actually get a little more focused on what's, what matters. L- like talking to Brian, you're going, Hillsong Church was 35 years old. Most churches or organizations at 35 years have lost their passion. They're in decline. They're aging. Hmm. And they're on their way to being not cool. Hillsong feels like it's day one. They're attracting millennials by the tens of thousands. They're multiplying into sites they've never been. And, and like, you just, like, man, whatever you don't miss the one we do with Brian. We're, we're asking questions like, what causes things to stay hot? How do you keep momentum? How do you maintain momentum? And that's a really, really big deal. Yeah. You, you have, uh, you've, you've really been the, the, the founder and the purveyor of Thrive conferences yeah. and the Thrive brand, the, yep. thri- the Thrive idea. Give us yes. some background on, for you, what that means. Yeah, it was, we started a church called Bayside up in Northern California, and it just kind of exploded. And it, we really started a church for people that don't like church. And uh, a, a pretty simple menu. We teach the Bible, worship, and mean it, and go after kids and teenagers. It was kind of the prescription and it exploded. It, that, it then started. And I began to look at people in my church and I thought, going to church, like a glass of water here, going to church is like drinking a glass of water. I went, every Christian needs to once a year stand under Niagara Falls for about two days. Hmm. Let the old year wash away let past failures go, let discouragement go, and then catch a fresh vision from God for their life and for their future. And that was one thing. At the same time, I went, most Christian adults these days, most people have been Christians more than five years, they're no longer inspired. And same thing with thinking, well, inspired people live better inspired people think better, inspired people actually feel a whole lot better, inspired people have better relationships, um, inspired people, they, they lead well, they love well, and people want to, people flock to be around them. Um, the problem is most Christian adults, when they are five years into the Christian faith, they begin a process of becoming less inspired and more opinionated. Yeah. Which is why millennials yeah. don't want our faith because who wants to be an uninspired, opinionated, old, boring adult? So we went, let's start a conference and let's not tell people how we do ministry because who cares? Okay. They can work here, but not work there. We basically, could we start a conference that no matter wherever it's at, they could come to once a year just to get inspired, which means they'll walk out and thrive and they have fresh vision from God every single year. And we try to reverse the adult aging process of people spiritually where they'll still have strong convictions. But they'll be in the inspiration level will match or exceed those, which means now you got a faith that people want and your kids want and your church, you know, that sort of thing. Did actually you come alive? That's great. And how, how would you describe your leadership style? This is a leadership podcast. You're gonna you're gonna be the host and the and the the grand pooba of this podcast. How would you 
describe the way you lead. Well, let me flip that on you. You've been around us a lot. How would you answer that question? Well, you're, you're definitely a includer. Mm-hmm. You love bringing people into the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you allow people to flourish under you and around you. Uh, there, there's no sense with you that you're the, um, you, you're the big personality in the room and nobody else has any room to breathe. Yep. I mean, you, you make it so available for people to be part of the process. Yep. I mean, that, to me, that's the number one thing I've seen. Yep. Um, you're, you're one who likes to collaborate on ideas. Yep. And get input from everybody. Mm-hmm. And you, it's not that you don't want to make the decision, but you're you're constantly, like, uh, aggregating data. You're, you're pulling in data and then uh, making a better decision probably because of that. Yep. Those stand out to me as, as one of the keys. I mean, I, I think that the shared leadership model that yep. Bayside has in place is mm-hmm. one of the really unique things. And there's not a lot of leaders who could do that and uh, actually allow people to, to, uh, to lead next to you. And that's messier, I'm guessing. Oh, we're going to do, we'll do an upcoming podcast on shared leadership and team leadership. And uh, it was funny. Some, one of the pastors that was with us two weeks ago, he was talking to a pastor from a mega church in the South. And the guy said, the eyes of the entire world are on Bayside right now. Cause, and he said, they're wondering if it will work. Hmm. And the guy said, what do you mean if it will work? And he said, well, they have multiple senior pastors. They have a shared leadership, leadership model. And, and by the way, Brad, three years ago, there were about 9,000 people in church. Three years later, there's 19,000. The wow. minute we went to a shared leadership model, an mm. exponential explosion of kingdom of God stuff happened. And this guy said, but the, he said, he, this pastor said, he said, the eyes of the world are right now looking at Bayside, wondering if it will work. And I said, if what will work? And he said, the shared leadership stuff you guys are doing. And I looked at him and I said, it better work. <laughs> yeah. and, I said, and the reason it better work is, Almost every megachurch has a massively gifted, dominant personality. But I call it getting hit by a bus. If Rick Warren gets hit by a bus, if Craig Rochelle gets hit by a bus, and there are a number of leaders, if they get hit by a bus, their church is in real trouble. And right now, for example, at our main campus, I think I've spoken there twice out of the last 16 weeks, Mm. and their attendance is as high as it's ever been. Which means it's not Rayside, it's Bayside, and there's multiple. Now, you do it, you, we'll do a whole thing on momentum and all that kind of stuff yeah. and team leadership, but the, my experience has been there's three, we'll do an upcoming podcast on this, there's three levels of leadership, okay? And the third level of leadership is creative leadership where you shift to flattening the organization. It's a high fulfillment organization because people know they matter. It's a high involvement organization and it's shared decision-making and shared leadership, which means people come on your staff. They stay a long time and it's not singular leader dependent. That's good. Well, and I would, I would also describe you as a, as, as definitely a, a a vision caster, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. your ability to, to, uh, to both like inspire people through vision as yep. well as to then make it really clear. Yes. Those are two really important pieces that are distinct. Yep. One is to hype, or create a lot of hope in people. The other one is to, they walk out and go, I actually know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's fine. We should do a whole another conversation on this one. I drew a graph for these pastors and I said, there is high motivation or low motivation, but then there's high action and low action. And so when you take a look at this thing, you're going, some leaders are high motivation, but high action, which means they describe things and it actually happens. Right. 
those tend to be flourishing ministries. Okay. In other words, pastor gets up, describes vision. People know we have a track record with this thing. This can happen. Okay. Polar opposite of this low and low, low motivation, low action, the, the, dead as a doornail. It's the, it's the opposite of the four quadrants. Exactly. Right? Is that the, op- right? yep, yeah. the opposite of the four quadrants. You look at the other extremes, though, you're going, there are some settings where they're high motivation. So the pastor gets up and paints a vision, all that kind of stuff. There's no plan for it. And generally nothing happens. And it's inspiration without perspiration leads to frustration and stagnation. Mm-hmm. And the, they start not trusting. the. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, he said, yeah, my old pastor, he said he kept getting up and painting dreams. They never happened. And the entire church got cynical because he knew it was just talk. And then the other one is there sometimes is low motivation, but high action. And that can be a manipulation. He's just trying to get us to do stuff. So I think getting this one right is the difference between having a church that's lifeless or they don't trust the pastor or they feel manipulated or they feel fulfilled because it's high motivation and high track record of action. What was your, you, you quoted something. I'm trying to remember inspiration without perspiration, perspiration leads to frustration and stagnation. Hello. That's good. So, that's, that's tweetable right there. Yep. It, I'm going to give you a couple more. You asked me the question, so I'm describing your, your leadership. The other, another one is generosity. Yep. And that, that one, I've seen it. You are one of the most generous people and the most generous leaders I've ever come across. And it, it demonstrates itself through many outlets, uh, m- mainly through the church. And the way that, that Bayside and Thrive come alongside and, and both are generous in terms of finances and resources mm-hmm. and time, but also you just hold everything with an open hand. There, there's, there's nothing that, you know, with these pastors, um, you would give them everything. In the oh, sense absolutely. of all, yes. all your secrets. Yeah, yeah I'm putting yeah. that in quotations. Yeah. Uh, but you just, you have a very open spirit in the sense that, um, that that's a very humble posture that says, you know what? It's not mine anyway. And when you have more, it seems like it's always harder to do that. Yep. When you don't have a lot, it's way easier, right? You know, it's, we just had a conversation with one of the one of the upcoming podcasts is with Bob Goff. Amazing guy. We just had a conversation about this because Bob's going, why would you live any other way? Hmm. He, self, I mean, self-centered people are unhappy people. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I can prove it. When's the last time you met a self-centered, happy person? Right. They don't exist. Where's the last time you met a self-focused, happy person? They don't exist. Who's single out there going, I'm looking for a spouse. Where is a self-centered person? Because that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Um, Now, it's encouraged in America to live that way. And I think church sometimes reinforces that in some leaders. I mean, you go to seminary, you get a degree to tell you you're right all the time. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work well in real life. But you just go, ultimately, you're going to make a choice. And Bob was brilliant. And you'll hear it on the podcast. Bob was brilliant saying, why wouldn't you want to live your life making other people's day? Because if you do that, your day's met too. Yeah, that's good. I'll give you one more. Describing your leadership. By the way, this is good. I should ask you this question a long time. No, I love this. Should be taking notes on I, this. I love this. Uh, your, your your ability to um, to walk into the room and it, it it's a combination of humility, authenticity, but also self awareness. And you, uh, I've I've just been I've seen a lot of leaders who are leading at the level you're leading in terms of the com- complexity yeah. of the system and yeah. the organization and lots of different moving parts. Um, but you always. You always, there's always this realness to you. 
that is really um, refreshing and also gives you incredible street cred with the younger generation. Uh-huh. Incredible street cred. Yeah. Because they look at they look at you and they say, Ray's real. Yep. He's the real deal. And we can trust him and he want, he listens to my ideas and he really does want to know. But that ability for you to to have a um, th- just the perspective that says, I may be in the captain's chair, but I still don't take myself, I don't look at myself as that big of a deal. Yeah, and and even if I do, <laughs> the, you also realize, oh, who was it? John Maxwell, I think, one time said, one step ahead, you're the leader, 10 steps ahead, you're the target. Mm. And, and, and my experience has been people support what they create. And we'll come back to that in a whole podcast yeah. on this. I mean, if I go out and come up with vision on my own and come back and announce it, then I got to talk everybody into it. If I get a bunch of people away and we come up with it, I mean, they will pray for it. They will sacrifice to make it happen. It's now their vision, which means it's our ministry, not my ministry. I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, here's how I view it. He goes, I'm the race car driver and my staff's the pit crew. Hmm. And something in me went, this isn't right. I mean, Jesus said, hey, the greatest is the servant. Yeah. You know, the son of man has come to serve. And I went, shouldn't we all be driving occasionally? And shouldn't we all be changing tires occasionally? And if we're too big to do that, something's haywire. Well, this is the stuff you're going to get to hear over the next several episodes. The, 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 hopefully the next several years, this podcast is going to be in place and we're going to unpack, Ray's going to unpack all kinds of different leadership topics. You're going to have guests on. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, the first three guests are Bob Goff, Joe Saxton, who is amazing and was like a leadership savant. Uh, I couldn't write notes fast enough while I was interviewing her. And she has a great accent. Oh, yeah, a great accent. I mean, just, I mean, how many Nigerian background people were raised in London That's right. and now live in Minnesota That's right. and pastor a multicultural church? I yeah. mean, there's one of those people on the planet. Yeah. You know, and then we had an incredible, you and I together had an incredible conversation with Brian Houston. And so. That's a pretty good start right there. Yeah, that ought to do it for a while. Yeah, you're setting so, the bar pretty high. Yeah, no kidding. And the good news is you have lots of friends yep. who are lots of people that people want to hear from. Absolutely. And they're probably reading their books. Yep. And they're listening to their, to their sermons or podcasts or, yep. you know, uh, they're, they're hearing them speak at different conferences. So uh-huh. the great thing about, uh, again, these kind of podcasts and these kind of conversations is access. That's right. And so, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, and what we want you to feel like is that you're sitting at dinner, uh, you're on the treadmill, you're out mowing the lawn, you may be driving the car, you may be sitting in traffic somewhere, but this is your chance to learn and also have a seat at the dinner table or at the coffee table or at the lunch table with Ray Johnston. So this is going to be a fun journey, and uh, <laughs> we are looking forward to continuing to, to bring you great content. What are your final words as we, as we wrap up episode zero I want to give you the final word. My final word is this. If somebody said, what's Bayside's ultimate core value? It's never too late. Hmm. We did a series one time called Satan's Greatest Lies. And number one was, it's too late for you. And so what I'd want to say to you is, dream some dreams. It's not too late. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for your marriage. It's not too late for your family. It's not too late for your business. It's not too late for your finances. It's not too late for your health. It is never too late to become the person God wants you to be. And we're just here to help that happen. Good stuff. Well, on behalf of uh, Ray Johnson, I'm Brad Lominick. This has been a fun episode zero. 
We will uh, hopefully talk to you again. Stay with us. Subscribe. Be a part of this journey. Go ahead and rate this on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us, people. Be sure to subscribe to this brand new Ray Johnston Leadership Podcast on iTunes or Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you go to for your favorite downloads. Be sure to tell a couple of friends about it as well. And we'll talk next time on Thrive's brand new Ray Johnston Leadership Podcast.